2: Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: Why
3: does a promising young woman meet her end in the ugliest of places?
4: There's bogs in there so you could sink up to your waist or your knees. There were 27 gunshot with
3: an illicit love affair seems to point straight at her killer
4: john i used to fantasize about making love to you
3: until even deeper secrets she woke up one night he was standing above the bed with a knife come crawling out of the great dismal swamp
5: you got a mad dog you put him down
3: a damp chill grips the quiet streets of chesapeake virginia it's a little past 11 a.m. on Sunday.
1: Good schools, good people, good environment to raise a family and a good place to live.
3: The community here prides itself on being patriotic, conservative, and God-fearing. But some are more God-fearing than others. Like 24-year-old Wesley Linquist, a devout member of Chesapeake's White Harvest Assembly of God Church. The handyman is headed south out of town along U.S. Route 17. He's just heard a sermon urging him to cast out his sins and commune with God. As he drives along the eastern edge of the great dismal swamp, he decides to pull over. It seems like the perfect place for a little holy contemplation.
5: Not in the lust of conspicuous. Even as the Gentiles which you know not God, he should abstain from fornication. Then he gets out of the truck, walks down by the water, picks up a couple of stones, and starts just chucking stones into the water just trying to get his mind clear, his soul clear.
3: The Great Dismal, as its name implies, wouldn't win any beauty contests. Muddy, overgrown, and nearly impossible to navigate, the protected wilderness stretches over nearly 100,000 acres.
4: The Dismal Swamp itself is um, covered in water. There's bogs in there so that if you walk through, your feet stick or you could sink up to your, your waist or your knees. It is
6: the opposite of a place that would encourage you about the joys of life.
3: But for Wesley, it's the ideal spot to follow his pastor's advice and cast away his sins one metaphorical stone at a time
1: until something Catches his eye. He saw what he first described as a blow-up doll. He thought it was a mannequin or a blow-up doll.
3: As he moves closer, Wesley starts to realize this is no
4: doll. He reaches down and grabs the ankle and blood oozes. Oh, God. And he realizes at that point that it is a real person. It's the
3: naked corpse of a young woman left for the swamp to swallow. Wesley returns to his truck and calls the police. When Chesapeake detective Marty Williams arrives, he is greeted by a grisly scene. I've only seen a few in my career that were worse. Branches claw at the young woman's lifeless body, like the grasping hands of hell itself, reaching up from the swampy depths.
1: She was completely nude but her body got caught in the debris on the side of the bank. You could see very easily from the top of the canal bank that she'd been shot, she had multiple bullet wounds there. There were 27 gunshot wounds, 27 separate
6: gunshot wounds. Uh, this would not be uh, where you had a momentary, I have a violent disagreement and a gun went off. I mean, this was a repeated act of uh, barbarism.
4: At first it appears as though that someone has dumped a body, but then you find that the bullet holes in the surrounding plant life would indicate that the homicide had occurred at that point, right there.
3: Judging by the wounds, this Jane Doe was recently gunned down right alongside the swamp with a 22
1: caliber weapon. There were no marks on the body, there were no um, insect bites, anything along those lines. So we concluded she'd only been there less than 24 hours, less than a day but a couple of details are totally baffling.
6: What jumped out at us was you've got 27 bullet wounds, 27, yet there is not a single shell casing, none, not one. Additionally, there was only traces of blood at the scene.
3: Then they find a possible explanation what appears to be the dead girl's clothing, stained with her blood, a green top, and a black teddy.
6: My partner and I would like to... From the looks of it, the killer shot her down,
3: stripped her naked, and then shot her again, repeatedly.
4: It would be a, a, a crime of passion.
3: Detectives turn their attention to the oddly-mannered Wesley Lindquist.
1: In homicides, always look into, first of all, the first first found the body. Wesley tells them how he found the body while searching for divine inspiration. My first impression of him was he was missing a few oars in the water.
5: It's just a peaceful place. No one bothers me here.
1: Didn't believe him. I thought he was
3: a fruitcake. Wesley relates his tale about coming here to cast stones in the swamp because his pastor told him to.
1: This was a story which you couldn't concoct in that short amount of time and then why would he call and report the body there. Why would he wait for the police officer to come? That didn't lead to somebody who was trying to boast about a crime that he did, or even was involved in the crime.
3: Police let Wesley go, but ask him to stay in the area in case they have further questions. Truth is, they have a lot of questions about this case, and the swamp hadn't given up many answers. Back at the Chesapeake Police Station, the next clue walks right in off the street.
0: Sir, how can I help you. Uh, Yes, Yes, officer, I'd like to file a missing persons report.
5: Okay, who's gone
0: missing? My daughter, Kathy. Kathy Bonney.
1: The officer doing the missing persons report called me by radio and said that he was doing the report and asked me if there was any chance it was her. And I, of course, related, I don't know, but there's always a chance. As dusk falls that same
3: Sunday, Detective Williams pays a visit to Tom Bonney's residence. He needs to find out more about the missing daughter without alarming the family about the body in the swamp. From the get-go, it's clear that the Bonneys are struggling to make ends meet. Tom and his wife Dorothy have six kids at home, aged one through 19. Tom does his best to keep grits on the table with his own parts business.
6: Tom owns a salvage yard of what we in the south, refer to as a junkyard. He would buy wrecked cars, old cars, Carry him to his lot to sell
3: parts to the public. That's Tom yeah. tells Williams that it's their daughter, 19-year-old Kathy, who never came home last night. Hello. It all began, he says, yesterday morning. Yes, this is he. Tom got a phone call from someone named John, oh, John who said he was you. interested in unloading his black Chevy yes. Blazer.
5: Uh, it was a guy who had it had it for years. The engine was fine, the brakes were fine, but it had a lot of miles on it. He wanted $400. In
3: 1987, okay. Chevy Blazers were Same hot off, SUVs, right. so Tom reckoned he could probably right. resell it for a tidy right. profit.
0: Okay, John, I'll meet you at the convenience store.
5: But then Sounds he great.
3: remembered his I daughter, Kathy, had been you itching too. for a car of her
5: own. Hey, Kathy! Kathy had always wanted a Chevy Blazer.
0: I mean it, sweetheart. <laughs> we are buying you your favorite car. <laughs> you.
3: When Tom and Kathy met up with John to see the car, she was
1: excited. Kathy said, I'm going to get behind the wheel. I'm going to drive. I'm going to test drive it.
3: Tom says he was hesitant about letting her go for a test drive alone, but he didn't want to spoil the moment.
1: John got in the passenger side and they drove off, and that's the last time he saw her.
4: He waited for an hour, hour and a half for her to return. Uh, She did not return, so he went home.
5: Kathy had not returned, but again, she was near an adult stage. Uh, I don't think he was expecting any any danger from this man, and so he went to bed.
3: Kathy? But in the morning, Kathy was still gone.
5: So suddenly he's gone from a problem to a potential crisis. What's
3: more, Tom says he doesn't know the last name of the guy who was selling the Chevy Blazer or how to contact him. That's just... Not the way Tom does business. Cash and a handshake are enough most of the time. All he knows is that the guy said his name was John.
5: There's nothing, there's no license number, no name, no phone number. There's not enough information to do anything.
3: To police, it looks like Tom's casual attitude may have put his daughter in
0: deadly danger.
3: In Chesapeake, Virginia, it was just four days before Thanksgiving in 1987 when police got a visit from local junkyard owner, Tom Bonney.
5: Sir, how can I help
3: you? Uh, Yes,
0: Yes, officer, I'd like to file a missing persons
1: report.
3: He told them the previous evening his daughter, Kathy, had gone for a test drive with the owner of a car he was thinking of buying
1: and never returned. At first, police didn't take Tom very seriously.
0: Why don't you guys do your job and, and look for my daughter?
1: desk officer said that well she's not under 18 so she's not a runaway so we can't do a runaway report missing persons have to be at least 24 to 48 hours or else have some suspicious activity involved in the missing but when the bloodied
3: corpse of a young
1: woman shot 27
3: times is discovered in the great dismal swamp just outside of town well police take mr. Bonnie a whole lot more seriously detective Marty Williams heads to the Bonnie house to get more information about his 19 year old daughter in the South we have an expression, she was the apple of his eye. Kathy is ambitious, outgoing, a gifted writer, and an A student, though she had to drop out of high school to help her dad in his salvage yard. She was a secretary,
6: she dealt with customers, she kept books. Tom tells police that Kathy
3: is part of their loving traditional family.
5: Tom Bonney absolutely loved his family. There was no question adored his wife, adored his kids, did everything he could for them.
3: Before leaving, Williams asked Tom for a photo of Kathy, so he gives him Kathy's driver's license. She had left it in her purse in his car before leaving for the test drive. The detective is careful not to reveal his growing fear that police may have already found Kathy in the great dismal swamp. To Detective Williams, the story just doesn't add up. Why would such an apparently responsible, loving daughter suddenly up and disappear? And why would she run off with a man she'd never met before? But as he starts canvassing her friends, he discovers that like many 19-year-olds, Kathy was bucking an overly strict
1: parent. I talked to uh, Kathy's friends who went to school with her and she, they, they knew for a fact that Tom was very, very restrictive, very uh, oppressive Was a good word to use, limited her activities, and monitored everything she did. Maybe
3: Tom didn't know the man who wanted to sell him the Chevy Blazer. But is it possible that Kathy
1: did, and that something went horribly <laughs> wrong? Please. Please. We had to still prove that this body was, in fact, Kathy.
6: What about any recent photos? Problem is, the photo ID Kathy's father
1: Tom provides isn't much help. At the time, the driver's license was a profile shot, so it just showed the side of her face. And we attempted to make a visual ID just looking at the profile. Well, 95% said yes, it's her, but we couldn't be 100% sure. Police need more.
3: A fingerprint or hair sample they can match to the body found in the swamp. On Monday morning, 36 hours since Kathy Bonney was last seen, Detective Williams meets with Tom Bonney at the A1
1: salvage yard. So I went to his shop and talked to him there and interviewed him, and he was helpful, very wanting to be involved and do what I what he needed to do to help things along to find his daughter. He was as helpful as he could be.
0: I'll do anything I can.
1: The
3: detective asked Tom if there's been any word from his daughter, and Tom says no. But, he says, he does have some new information about Kathy that might help.
1: And then he said some things have been going on weird in her her life, and that's when he pulled the letter out of his pocket. Tom claims after she disappeared, he had searched Kathy's room looking for clues,
3: and inside her diary, he found a letter. Tom seems so uncomfortable,
1: Williams can tell that the letter upset
0: him. These are pretty um, graphic.
1: And I said, well, let me see the letter. So I took the letter and started reading it. Where she is and why she took off.
4: John,
5: I used to fantasize about making love to you. We began kissing. Your tongue was deep in my mouth. You unbuttoned my blouse and began caressing my breasts.
3: See what I mean? It appears to be a letter to Kathy's lover named John. Just a coincidence? Isn't John the name of the guy who drove off with her in the Chevy Blazer? But Tom quickly chimes in. This is a different John, and he knows him. In fact, until recently, John Hoskins worked for Tom at A1 Salvage. And, Tom is embarrassed to add, he's married. He discovers that this daughter,
6: which he idolizes, is having an affair with a married man. And not only that, this is a married man that has worked for
3: him. Agitated, Tom tells early. the police okay. what he knows about John Hoskins.
0: I want you out of here now, do you baby Tom,
3: He you says he fired the 20-year-old mechanic oh, 10 days earlier after getting suspicious that he had been making eyes at his daughter. But he claims he had no idea how far their relationship had gone.
5: Tom obviously is, is upset. To what degree, we really can't imagine in something like this because, again, it's a father seeing a side of his daughter that hadn't been there before in his mind. I'm hoping that these letters can track her down.
3: It may be just the break detectives have been looking for. Clearly, John Hoskins needs to be questioned as soon as possible.
6: Obviously, boyfriends are always uh, a classic suspect.
1: A folded of the letter I put in my pocket and says, I'll keep this for evidence.
0: her, please. OK,
4: we'll be in touch. All right, thank we'll be you. Be in touch. Please find, find her.
1: Since Detective Williams
3: had already heard from Kathy's friends that she'd complained about her father's tight leash, he is not so shocked by the secret love affair. Now it looks like Kathy had found an outlet for her rebellion. But did a naive young woman take on more than she could handle? Police still need to get a forensic sample from Kathy Bonnie's personal belongings to compare with the victim they found in the swamp.
1: Well, we went to the house and collected evidence to try to determine if it was Kathy, of course. Uh, we took fingerprints from some of her personal items that she would have touched so we could have some fingerprints on the file for her and compared to what the, uh, the body had. Kathy's mother, Dorothy, confirms what her daughter was wearing the evening she disappeared.
3: A green sweater and pants. To Detective Williams, who saw clothing just like that being fished out of the great dismal swamp, it's not good news. At first, when detectives search Kathy's room, they see only the trappings of an innocent young woman.
4: From the picture, she was obviously a very beautiful young lady. She wanted to be a writer, and you could tell from the writings that she was intelligent.
3: But then they find the diary Tom had mentioned that contained the letter to John Hoskins, and it's clear that the devoted daughter, Tom Bonney, held dear, was testing her father's boundaries.
5: She was very comfortable writing about things she was doing, and those were not things she wanted her father to know.
3: Turns out, Kathy was unhappy. She felt her father was too
4: conservative and controlling. She was not allowed to have friends. She was not allowed to go to the
1: mall. She was not allowed to date. She wasn't having the life of an 18 or 19 year old girl, and she missed it. She never had it all her life. According to
3: her diary, Kathy had been able to find ways around her father's rules.
4: She would sneak out, that she would see someone or have a date with someone without her father knowing about it. But I mean, it sounds like a normal teenager to me.
3: Detectives scanned through her most recent entries and learned more about Kathy's secret affair with John
1: Hoskins. you got to remember, they were in the same work environment, so they would see each other all the time.
5: She fell in love with him, uh, and she wanted him physically... The only problem was he was married.
3: John is only a year older than Kathy, and from the beginning the two had a sizzling chemistry. Just two weeks before she disappeared, Kathy and John started seeing each other outside of work. It
5: says you are ridiculous, that's what it says.
1: They had a sexual relationship. They didn't really date, they just had liaisons.
3: Kathy and John plotted how to steal away for their passionate meetings. Uh,
1: Maybe you could use a little help. (laughs) And Kathy spared few details in her diary. Kathy knew he was married and also knew he had a child as well, and I'm sure she was embarrassed about it. But it didn't stop her because I think in her mind, this was finally a time where she could express herself and finally be a teenager. Kathy felt that
3: John was terrified that either her father or his wife would find out. But that risk seemed to only heighten the sexual thrill for both of them. But then, 10 days before Kathy vanished, her father fired John without warning. In her
1: diary, presumably Kathy was frightened. She was sure they had been found out. After the firing, things started going haywire for Kathy. Her, Her life was now falling apart.
3: Detectives wonder, could John Hoskins have taken out his anger over being fired on Kathy? They aren't sure, but they do know from her diary that
5: Kathy wanted to move out. Kathy definitely was planning to leave. She had been working. She had been saving her money. She had a real job. Perhaps
3: Kathy's test drive in the Chevy Blazer was actually an attempt to run away from her family or John Hoskins. But if so, it didn't turn out so well. It's Wednesday, three days since the corpse of a young woman was found in the murky chill of the great dismal swamp near the Virginia North Carolina border, and three days since Tom Bonnie reported his 19-year-old Brother. daughter Brother. Kathy Brother. missing. Well,
0: what am I supposed to do? Just wait around? Here. I understand. Your
3: Police have been trying to locate Kathy's lover, a man named John Hoskins, but he hasn't shown up for work at his new job. Meanwhile, they launch an all-out search for the vehicle Kathy was last seen driving and its owner. The problem is, working with the DMV,
1: they get plenty of hits on black Chevy Blazers in the area. We got a lot of leads for the black Blazer. We saw a lot of black Blazers. Uh, some instances, our, my partners even took Tom to see black Blazers. We had to follow up every lead, uh, uh, looking at suspects and actually surveilling several suspects. All right. Thank you. But then, police get the
3: news they've been dreading. The fingerprints recovered from the Bonnie house are a match to the body in the swamp. Kathy Bonnie is no longer missing. <laughs> Detective Williams heads over to the Bonnie residence to break the awful news.
1: Dorothy was very very hurt, crying, very taken back at the fact that she lost her daughter and uh, her life is gonna
5: be changed forever. Well, Tom very quickly goes into denial. which is not unusual in this kind of thing. Um, Can't be his daughter. She's wearing clothes. She's not wearing clothes. Can't be his daughter. Just the kind of of denial that usually comes from shock. That
3: can't be true.
6: Tom had uh, the display of an extreme emotional crisis upon learning this.
3: No. No. Sir. No.
1: He hyperventilated. He had chest pains. To be on Safety's Factor, we went in and called a medic unit to come in, and they confirmed he was simply hyperventilating. Man. Police do their best to comfort
3: the grieving family. But now, the pressure to solve this homicide ramps up even higher.
5: Well, Tom is, is, makes a plea on television and uh, wants anybody with information. He's very hurting. And at, at that point, I don't think he cared about the investigation. He was falling apart. Daughter is missing. Daughter is dead. Everything's in shock.
3: Finally, late that Wednesday, lead detective Marty Williams locates the man Kathy wrote about so passionately in her diary, a former employee at her father's salvage yard and her former lover, John Hoskins.
1: John was a young man. He was, he was 19 or 20, a uh, clean cut kid. He was very forthcoming, very truthful with us.
3: At his new workplace, another junkyard, John answers detectives' questions. He confirms that he and Kathy started getting
1: intimate just a few weeks back.
3: I did care for who.
1: He never, than that, he had a relationship with Kathy at all. He was, of course, embarrassed because he was married with a child. He was very, very concerned for her well-being and the fact that she was now deceased.
3: As for last Saturday evening, the night Kathy was murdered, John says he was working on a car with a buddy, and his friend backs him up.
1: He had a good alibi, what he was doing was sound, and he didn't want to kill her, he was basically in love with her.
3: To detectives, John Hoskins doesn't look like much of a suspect anymore.
5: He checks out, he he was not somebody who could have done it. Uh, And again, we're missing the driver of that car. With that driver, even beyond the car, a lot of questions would be answered.
3: The thing is, the Chevy Blazer and its owner are still ghosts.
5: I
1: kept interviewing Tom over and over again, trying to get more and more details about what had taken place, and particularly a really good description of what this John looked like.
0: Height, weight, roughly? Uh, He He looked looked like a pretty big guy. He had some muscles on him. I couldn't tell how uh, tall he was because he was sitting down,
5: of course. They have nothing to go on, no physical documentation, so they bring in a sketch artist.
0: Uh, kind of long, medium long, curly in the back.
5: He sat with
1: Tom uh, in a groom, in a quiet, yeah, a uh, and Tom described what John looked like. He went through different phases of the eyebrows, hairline, lips, nose, chin, shape of the face, weight of the person, and went and tried to make a complete a composite of what this John looked like.
5: Given the details he's already given them about the blazer and about all, all the uh, experiences with Kathy during that period, it's presumed that y'all could come up with something, and he did.
3: The detectives take a good look at the sketch of their number one suspect, and they realize they have a problem, a big one.
5: Uh, The picture that Tom guided the sketch artist through was a picture of the sketch artist.
3: To police, the whole thing is starting to smell like stink on a hog.
4: It's strange that Tom, who would not let his daughter even stay out past 9 o'clock, let his daughter ride off at 7 o'clock in November, which is dark. Uh, with some man he didn't know to test drive a, a Chevy Blazer. It just, it does not fit everything that we knew about Tom.
3: Now police are faced with a disturbing possibility. What if this John and his Chevy Blazer never existed? What if Tom Bonnie made up the whole thing? It was a brutal way to die. Shot 27 times, 19-year-old Kathy Bonnie met her maker in the slimy murk of the Great Dismal Swamp on a bleak November evening. Thank you, Tom. One week into the investigation, Chesapeake, Virginia detectives are now starting to wonder, could the killer have been the victim's own father, Tom Bonney? Detective Williams calls Tom back to the station house. And this time, they
1: grill him about his story.
4: We went out to meet a gentleman to pay cash for this blazer. Yes.
1: We pressed him hard about what had happened, to go over every little detail. So discrepancy started cropping up the stories.
4: Tom's original story was that he had been driving the Chevrolet Impala. Uh, later, when he talks to detectives, he tells them that he was driving his record the evening that uh, Kathy disappeared.
1: I'd asked Tom, I said I wanted to uh, to take a look at his car. He said, that'd be fine. Later on he said, I've sold the car. I said, who'd you sell it to? So he gave me a long story about he went to another auto salvage yard, saw a couple guys out front, sold it to him for a minimal amount of money. Then he revealed something even more disturbing. We asked him if he owned any firearms at all. He said he had a gun. It was a single-shot 22 rifle that was sawed off. Guns were part of his business, plus he had an all-cash business too, which made him susceptible to robberies. He had to keep his gun there for his personal defense. But now Tom claims that his 22 is gone. It would have been, he was stolen or sold, but he didn't have any more. It wasn't his possession. It's all just a bit too suspicious. And as
6: detectives drill down into
3: specifics.
6: So you were the last one to see your daughter alive.
1: Tom starts getting downright unfriendly. So finally it was time to act. We hit him hard, saying, OK, Tom, you killed your daughter. Why'd you kill your daughter? You're
0: wrong here, officer. I did not do this.
1: So yes, you did, Tom. You killed her. We know you did it.
0: No, I didn't, I didn't do it.
1: He got mad, disgusted, and stormed out. He actually walked home. Tom, please, With no Tom, clear motive for me. why Tom
3: Barney would kill stop, his own please, child, no hard please. evidence, no murder weapon, and no confession, there's little police could do. Detectives decide to pay another visit to the Bonnie's home while Tom is at work. They want to find out more about what makes him tick. And they figure it'd be best to talk to his wife and kids when he's not there.
6: Has that anger translated into direct physical abuse of either one of you?
3: Tom's family gives them an earful. Tom had been abusive.
6: Uh, he had not been a model father, quite the contrary. He'd not been a model husband,
3: quite the contrary. But it's the kids
6: who Detective Williams is now most concerned about,
1: especially Kathy's younger sister, 15-year-old Susan. Susan was going to become the role of the new Kathy in the house. She was concerned for her own safety because she woke up one night and her father was standing above the bed with a knife. If they don't act fast, police are worried that they
3: might just find another body in the swamp.
1: Social services deemed it an emergency to remove the children from the house, and they did. For Tom, it's a devastating
6: blow. Family was extraordinarily important to him. He took great pride in having a family. Being able to support his family and have his family intact was perhaps as important as anything in his life. I'm trying to determine if that is, in fact, the Detective Blazer Williams senses an sold.
3: opportunity. Perhaps now he can get Tom to cooperate
1: more fully now, with his investigation. I told him finding the car was important. His, his children were gone, his family was broken up again. I said, if you help me get the car back, I'll get your kids back for you. Finally, on December 10th,
3: 20 days Tom. after Kathy's murder, yeah, Detective Williams gets a call from Tom Bonney.
1: What? When well, He said, I found the car. I said, good, where is it? He wouldn't tell me where it was. In the background, I heard someone talking. I said, give me the phone to whoever's talking. Ended up being a lady at a service station, service garage. I told her who I was, told her, do not let the car go. Police
3: rush over to the service station where the call came from.
4: Before law enforcement arrive, Tom leaves.
3: They don't get Tom, but at least they have his Chevy Impala. It doesn't take
1: long before they realize
3: why Tom had kept the car out of their
1: hands. You have blood stains in the top of the ceiling. You have blood stains in the trunk. Blood stains on the handle. Tests
3: confirm that the blood in the car is Kathy Bonney's. Police still can't find the murder weapon, but it seems they've now found the murder location.
4: It would appear as though that maybe she was shot once in the car and then taken from the car and um, and shot numerous times thereafter.
3: Now detectives understand why they only found a relatively small amount of blood out in the Great Dismal Swamp. Because the majority of his daughter's blood was spilled
1: inside Tom Bonney's car. We knew right away that we had our man. So we went ahead and got some warrants and then the bulletin was put out nationwide to go look for him. Tom is
3: nowhere to be found and police worry he has slipped through their fingers. Even his wife Dorothy hasn't a clue where her husband has gone. She was kind of
1: lost and, and lonely and just distraught.
6: What I'd like to do is, my partner and I would like to uh, spend Meanwhile, just a police few locate with Tom's to other questions. vehicle,
1: his
3: wrecker, and it solves another nagging question.
4: Tom had sold the wrecker uh, to an individual and uh, apparently he was having problems with the, uh, with the fuel lines, with the gas. And so the man had to remove the gas tank uh, to empty the gas that was in it out. And when he removed the tank, he heard a rattling in the tank and uh, he was able to recover, I believe, 27 shell casings, uh, 22 caliber shell casings from the, uh, the tank of Tom's truck.
3: As the weeks pass, with no sign of Tom Bonney, it's beginning to look like he just might get away with murder. Over six weeks have passed since Tom Bonney fled Chesapeake, Virginia, just moments before facing arrest for the murder of his daughter. His luck runs out when, 700 miles away, Indianapolis police officer Julie Schiff spots a suspicious vehicle.
1: He was parked in a very seedy area where he shouldn't have been.
4: She uh, ran the registration on the car, and it came back with a hit that Tom was wanted.
3: When Officer Schiff returns to Tom's vehicle, she's got her pistol drawn.
1: Freeze! Put your hands out of the car where I can see them.
4: He said he didn't understand why he was being handcuffed, and uh, she told him that he was under arrest for murder, and he says, well, I've never murdered anyone.
3: Tom Bonney That's is charged with the murder of 19-year-old so Kathy, his own daughter.
4: So again, it would bode well for you to go ahead and come clean right now.
3: Detectives confront Tom with the evidence.
4: Tom, if we have more evidence, you need to know what to do with it.
3: The bloodstains in his car, the shell casings in his record and his inconsistent story about the man in the Chevy Blazer. And slowly through a haze of half-truths, half-lies, and everything in between, Tom begins to fess up.
1: And Tom said they, you know, he'd made up the story about the Blazer.
3: According to Tom, he and Kathy went for a drive that evening in his Impala to talk
1: in private. He had just discovered that deeply disturbing letter in her diary. He drove down to Canal Bank just to have a private place to talk to her, a quiet place where no one could interfere.
3: There he confronted Kathy with the sexually explicit letter she wrote to no, her lover, no, so John
1: Hoskins. That's my
2: personal property, you can't go through my stuff. Your, that, my this this stuff, through my stuff.
1: And they got to the argument. In to Tom's words, Kathy began hooping and hollering and something just happened and it was an accident is what Tom said. No! No! He wouldn't give her a reason. Other than the fact he was mad, she was mad, and it was her fault. She caused it, she lunged at the gun.
3: It's a start, but detectives can tell that Tom is far from telling the whole truth and nothing but. The notion that he shot her in self-defense doesn't square with Kathy's overkill.
1: We said, okay, if the gun went off accidentally, why'd you shoot her 27 times? He said he didn't remember.
0: That's right, I only shot it once. I don't remember 27 times. How do you not remember shooting somebody 27 times?
5: No.
3: To detectives, it's clear
1: this was no accident. The weapon was a nine-shot Western-style 22 caliber revolver. This is a, not, a, not an automatic, this is a cylinder gun, a wheel gun, where you have to actually load each individual bullet by hand, and it takes a lot of work to do it. More especially, it takes a lot of work to do it in the dark. And when you have to do it three times, it takes a whole lot of work to do it in the dark. And that's what he had to do that night.
3: Not only was Tom reloading his weapon in the pitch dark, he was also collecting his shell casings. Doesn't sound like the actions of a guy who just snapped. Based on the evidence, detectives see a different chain of events.
1: We were able to determine she was obviously sitting in a passenger car. They got into an argument. He confronted her, most likely showed her the letter. She became crying, mad, angry.
2: I'm an adult. I can write what I want.
1: And eventually, I would imagine he just pulled the gun up and says, you know, you can't go on like this.
2: I love him, Dad. Dad, stop.
1: The first shot looked like it was in the head. After that, with blood on her hand, she tucked the door handle to
3: get out of the car. According to the blood evidence, detectives think Kathy managed to stumble out of the car and into the night. But Tom wasn't finished.
0: Stop! Please don't, stop! Stop! Stop!
1: He got out, came around, finished the job, drove her over to the side of the canal bank, and started to disrobe her, cut the clothes off. Think about what he was doing: shooting, reloading the gun, over and over and over again.
0: I don't remember that, officer. I just remember the problem
3: is
1: Tom claims he doesn't remember anything that happened to, to after their, out their out initial the struggle car. in the car. Right, he said, I did that. I don't remember that. I did it. Well, I must have done it. I didn't know I did that. I cut her clothes off. Well, if you found them, that's where it is. Detectives
3: assume he's just hedging. But to his defense attorneys, Tom's selective amnesia suggests something else. They think Tom may have gone temporarily insane. Can we save his life? Can we
6: convince the jury that this was done in a fit of passion and rage so that for this is? briefest period of time, he was not a human being and therefore should not be judged by the standards of a human being. Could we do that? And then we get a phone call from uh, Dr. Dell, PhD psychologist, and he tells us, uh, I think I know what's going
3: on with your client. Dr. Dell believes Tom suffers from a severe mental disorder that prevents him from discerning right from wrong.
4: Who speaks to you? He tells you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Haldell read the newspaper accounts of what had happened and made a preliminary uh, diagnosis that uh, Tom Bonney suffered from multiple personalities.
3: The psychologist puts Tom under hypnosis and questions him. Videotaping his sessions. <laughs> According to his lawyers, the tapes reveal that there are actually 10 personalities living inside Tom Bonney. Who I talking with now?
0: I'm Damien.
6: Dr. Dell's diagnosis was that Tom had an emotional experience when he was young. And as a protective mechanism, your personality gives you another. Personality
3: within the same body to help you bear this trauma. One of the personalities in particular appears to be constantly enraged and prone to extraordinary violence.
0: He doesn't always listen to me, but he listened to me this time.
6: The tapes revealed to Dr. Dell that there was a personality called Hitman, and that uh, Hitman uh, is the one that that uh, murdered Kathy. Kathy was close to Tom. He uh, idolized her and then he felt betrayed. So
3: Hitman strikes out in revenge for the betrayal. Prosecutors view the whole multiple personality theory as just another one of
4: Tom's scams. Tom Bonney was very manipulative. He had to be in control. He had to manipulate people, including the detectives if he could, including his family.
3: On October seventeenth, 1988, nearly a year after Kathy's murder, the trial begins. The defense argues that Tom cannot be held responsible for the actions of his psychotic alter ego, Hitman. She deserved everything she did.
6: One of the symptoms of multiple personality is episodes of amnesia. We had testimony, we had witnesses from years way before this tragedy that Tom was extremely forgetful about whole episodes, whole days, whole hours. In other words, we had evidence of amnesia.
0: Don't talk to me like that, okay? Then
6: there would be intense, sudden mood
4: swings. So, uh, did he have multiple personality? I believe that Paul Dale had created this diagnosis that Tom Bonney was not multiple personalities. That was up for
3: the jury to determine after a 39-day trial
4: and one day of
3: deliberations, the jury returns with its verdict. Tom Bonney is found guilty of first-degree murder of his daughter, Kathy.
4: I don't know whether the jury believed that uh, Tom Bonney was suffered from multiple personalities or not, but I do believe that, and I know that the jury believed that he knew, he knew and understood the nature and consequences of his action and therefore was not insane.
5: The jury members... We're mostly farm people. Then they said, "We knew he was crazy." Yeah, you look at him. Of course, he's crazy. We understood. We understood the mental illness. We understood it all. But you know, we're farm people. You got a mad dog, you put him down.
3: Bonnie is sentenced to death, but his sentence is later reduced to life in prison without parole. Did Tom Bonnie willfully kill his daughter in cold blood?
0: Oh, stop! Stop, stop!
3: Or was he a deeply troubled man, obeying the orders of an alternate personality? We will probably never know the truth, but at least Tom Bonnie will never kill again.